1: Finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Warner Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right, thanks everybody for tuning into the George Warner Jr. Show. Thank you. <laughs> oh wow, it is a beautiful evening in the city of Chicago, and I hope it's a beautiful evening wherever you are in the world. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks uh, a million for everything, actually. Thanks for everything. I've been here about three, four years now. Uh, Thanks for everything. You know, even the criticism, (laughs) because I always look at criticism as making me better, making the show better. And uh, thanks, everybody, for that. And I hope you're having a great time, a great evening, wherever you are in the world, and listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. And it's... Uh, just about the end of February. It's just about the end of February. And uh, <clears throat> the weather is pretty, pretty cooperating. It's not. We're not freezing our asses off like we were and probably will be. But it's uh, it's nice weather here in the city of Chicago and hope it's nice uh, where you are. And once again, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. And we are off. Uh, it says here that my guest today is Bob Lancer. okay, we'll we'll see what that's about. And um, stay tuned to the George Wilder Junior Show. That's all I gotta kind of say right now. And I feel pretty good. i I really feel pretty good. I'm getting over the flu, like so many millions of other people are getting over the flu, a light flu, not a real heavy flu. It was light because i did we did get our flu shots. We get our flu shots here every year we don't miss but somehow this winter has just been one of the toughest ones i've ever one of the toughest ones i've seen in a long time and um sometimes the even if you do get a flu shot it may not stand up it may not stand up to test to the test of times because the majority of them, i'm not i'm I'm not downing a flu shot i think everybody should get a flu shot as you probably have realized by now without getting that flu shot, it could kill you. I know it's a lot of people out here who are in these religions, uh, their, their religion, they have their religion to fall back on. They're not going to get a shot because of their religion. But I would say, Hey, push your religion aside if you don't want to die and you don't want your loved ones to die. A lot of these people might say, well, they just die, you know, but, you know, but, you know, to each his own, to each his own. And, um, I would suggest a, a flu shot for everybody, but everybody is not going to get a flu shot because some people just forgetful or they they don't want one and they have their reasons for not wanting a flu shot. So you can't convince them. So you just have to say, hey, mom, take your chances. That's up to you. All right. Uh, uh, once again, uh, welcome to the George Wanda Jr. Show. Bob Lancer will be on the show, maybe, hopefully. Um and uh, we've got some more stuff in the news, as always, you know. And uh, I have to talk about it, folks, because everybody else is. And uh, it would not be right for me not to talk about these things that are tearing up our world, tearing up our country. Um. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about some more of this stuff. As soon as we do this, and we'll come back. Let's see. Can we find it? Okay. Uh, First National Bank of Omaha to dump NRA-branded Visa credit cards. Obviously, they don't like what the NRA is doing. If you are uh, this guy, the head of the NRA, let me see if I can't find his name, you know, because he was all over the television and all everywhere, you know, saying that what he is not going to do, what he is not going to stand for is a ban on, he's the head of, head of the NRA, the National Rifle Association, where we're trying to get some kind of gun control done to keep students alive in school. And this guy was all over the television I'm hearing. I didn't watch it. I didn't want to watch it because I know what he was going to be talking about. And uh, I, I just didn't, didn't like it. You know, I mean, he I mean, what if you think about it, if I can find out his name real quick, because I don't know it and I really don't care to know it. But anyway, one of the customers, one of one of the corporations, uh, they're they're going to dump the NRA because the NRA, they don't want any kind of gun. Um, they don't want any kind of gun regulation, gun control or anything. They don't even want the. Uh, age from 18, to be raised from 18 to 21. They don't even want that. They don't even want to ban the bump stocks. Bump stock. They don't even want to do that. They want to keep everything the same and so everybody can be able, able to go out and buy a gun. Anybody uh, at any time, as long as they have the money to do so, regardless of their mental state or their background. I can't uh, find his name so I can uh, tell the people his name because maybe they know his name. And, um, Donald Trump, uh, Donald Trump is saying that at first he said he didn't say it, and then he says it all over again, uh, that teachers in schools should be armed. Uh, he said he said it, I mean, in so many words, when he was giving that little uh, listening session, he said more teachers should be armed. And then he came out and said he did not say it. And then he came back again and said it again. But this time he said only a Few teachers should be armed, which doesn't make any sense because why would you, if you're going to, I think it's a dumb idea to to arm teachers because what are you going to have to do, a, a gunfight in the halls of, of a school? I think it's a dumb idea. But anyway, if you're going to arm teachers, why would you arm some of them? You would have to arm them all. You don't know where the violence is going to occur or what school or what town. You have to give them all guns. you got to. The principals, the vice principals, the uh, the counselors, the teachers, the gym teachers. I mean, the classroom teachers, you have to give them all guns. Security guards, maintenance personnel. I mean, you have to give them all guns. But I I just think it's stupid teachers. Obviously, Trump doesn't think so. And and in some ways, uh, Trump is in the pockets of the nra they're paying him off they're paying him off so that this is what and then trump says they're going to be more uh serious negotiation on uh, on guns it's not going to be that way this guy uh the nra is not going to have it they're not going to they're not going to allow it they're saying hey wow congress donald trump we're putting big bucks in your pocket We want you to do things our way, or we will not donate, give you any more money. And it's clear in some of these Republicans, like Marco Rubio, I mean, he is a staunch. He said he's not going to stop taking that money. He's going to continue to take it. Trump is going to continue to take it. They they, They want those donations to keep on coming. So they're not going to go against the nra this guy the head of the nra i can't think of his name for nothing in the world and i really don't want to know his name actually because he has blood on his hands trump has blood on his hands the um republicans in congress they have blood on their hands no way in hell should teachers be armed teachers are Educators they should be there to educate, not worrying about having to having a shootout in their classroom. that is one of the dumbest things ever, but this is what the NRA wants and they're not going to take no for an answer and they're they're in trump's ass, they're in the Republican's ass they're in Marco Rubio's ass they're saying this is not going to happen and my thing is who is the NRA? Who the hell do they think they are? They don't make, I mean, they're not, in, you, know, you would think that they ran the country and not Donald Trump and not the Republicans. Maybe they do. Because they bought off all these old corrupt-ass politicians that we have in Congress. And this guy gets on television, he gets on the internet, he goes worldwide blistering. Uh, uh, the survivors of the school shooting in Parkland, Florida. And this, that's one of the things I just hate. That's one of the things that really sticks in my craw to see some of these men, these grown ass adults attack these children. Lie on them. Donald Trump Jr. Siding with the people who are lying on these children on these. And these kids are smart. They're bright. They're, they're, they are super, super intelligent, more so than, than these guys in Congress. Donald Trump needs a cheap sheet to say, I hear you, or to, or to try to have some empathy, uh, uh, give some empathy to the survivors who have lost loved ones in this, in this massacre, this school massacre on Valentine's Day. February 14th, Parkland, Florida, Stoneman High School. Uh, and Donald Trump doesn't know how to show empathy. you know why? Because he doesn't care. He doesn't know. He doesn't know how to show humility or, or, or empathy or any kind of feelings for anybody. It's just not there. And, and if he tries to do it, it sounds and looks fake. You ever heard of, you ever heard Donald Trump read read anything? He sounds horrible. <laughs> I mean, have you ever heard him read a speech or read a newspaper? He doesn't read actually, but he does sometimes he may have something in front of him or he, or a teleprompter and especially I case in point the state of uh, state of the state state of the union speech he sounded like a three-year-old. I mean, he sounded really, really bad. He sounded dry. He sounded, he, he sounded like my son when my son was very young. He sounded like th- that. He was reading, but he was only reading words. He wasn't comprehending anything that he was reading. He was just reading a lot of words. And that's Donald Trump. Donald Trump sounds like he reads. He reads like a third grade. And it, it, it comes out to the world as he's just reading words not understanding what the hell is reading don't even know don't even know what it's about just the words are there he's mouthing the words that's it and i do think donald trump is mentally ill i i i do think this man is i think he's off his rocker actually i mean and it's a shame and and the Republicans in Congress and the people that are around him, they know the same thing. They know this man is mentally ill, but yet they're going to take advantage of that, and that's, I think that's wrong. If, if, as much as I don't like Trump, I hate to see him being taken advantage of because of the Republicans in Congress, they want to try to get things done so they know that anything that they put in front of him, he's going to sign it into law. It doesn't matter what it is and i've said this a thousand times before i think the republicans the republicans in congress are using trump they're using him and he if he really does and he doesn't get it they're using him to get their agenda their agenda to make their agenda law no matter what it is because they want to wreck the country they want to get rid of food stamps they want to get rid of uh housing they want to destroy education and Donald Trump is their man to do it they want to get rid of Social Security Medicaid Medicare they want to uh, up in America as we know it and they know that Donald Trump if they write the bills they know and send it to Donald Trump he's going to sign it no matter what the hell it is because he's he's looking for some sort of a victory but there is no victory when you're destroying your own country then well, anyway, getting back to the NRA, which is uh, the White House is, is, is in the pockets of the NRA. Congress is in the pockets of the NRA, and the NRA is out blasting all of them. The NRA is br- blasting all of them. Okay, let's get back to this credit card. The first National Bank of Omaha to dump NRA-branded Visa card. That means that this Bank of Omaha doesn't like what This guy, the NRA, stands for, especially after this massacre. The First National Bank of Omaha has decided to cut ties with the National Rifle Association in a national moment of reckoning over gun control. And I want to say good for them. That now, the First National Bank has guts. The, The Republicans have no guts, they're afraid of the National, they're afraid of the NRA but this bank is not. They're cutting ties with it because they don't agree with nothing uh, that it stands for. We want gun control, they don't want it. As if the NRA makes policy, or or as if the NRA is um, running the country. You would think so, the way Trump and the Republicans are so afraid of these guys stopping stopping the money. I mean, you would really think so, but, but hopefully a lot of other uh, banks and institutions like this will follow suit and dump the NRA because our politicians can't seem to do so. Okay, my wife, children, grandchildren, relatives, friends, citizens, over guns, greed, fear, and the GLP. Just like this Trumpster, his name is Wayne Larrape something like that. Wayne Lapp is a draft dodging coward who never served during the Vietnam. Um, It amazes me that any American service member or voter would have voted or supported these greedy, self-serving, lying, manipulative bastards. Yes, I am a Viet veteran era uh, Vietnam, is that Vietnam era veteran? Okay, that, that was a post from one of my friends. Okay, um, his name is Wayne LaPerry, something to that effect. Anyway, he's the head of the NRA, and this guy came out blasting the, blasting, uh, uh, the survivors of this school, blasting the Republicans, and saying that nothing is going to be done. This, he's a mean, nasty, vile-looking, angry man. Wayne Laperry, or uh, something to that effect. Uh, uh, it says here he's a draft dodging coward, and I believe it. I-, I totally believe it. I totally believe it. Okay, we got a right wing. Who is this? Uh, Laura Ingram. Uh, she's a she's <laughs> she's another right wing nut. She has a radio show, and uh, the only the only time. She- she can get any kind of she got to say something stupid and dumb for anybody to take notice of her show. Wow, no one to take notice of her show. Okay, so keep the political shut up and dribble. I, yeah, that's uh, that's what she told uh, LeBron James to shut up and dribble. That he he was saying talking about some sort of something that uh, included politics, and this witch came out and said. Uh, told him to shut up and dribble. And LeBron say, "I'm not gonna shut up and dribble. I'm not gonna shut up and dribble." I mean, you got these. Uh, she's a racist. She's a total racist, big time racist. Uh, Fox News ass crack is what she is. You know, she, I mean, um, this country is so divided. Uh, it's a it's a shame. But anyway, this guy from the National Rifle Association got his ass handed to him while he was trying to hand out uh, uh, demands on the Republican Party and these children. He is so pathetic. Who is this guy? He is the guy who's padding the pockets of Congress and Donald Trump to look the other way on gun control. Oh, yeah. Trump is saying a lot of things about uh, he wants to tighten up on gun control. He wants to raise the age. All of this stuff uh, and we know it is not going anywhere. That listening session that he had the, the other day, that was crap. Because, because during it he was saying armed teachers. It was a listening session. Obviously Trump was not listening. He was sitting there, but he wasn't listening. The sounds of their voices were going over his head. I mean, his his mind was somewhere else. He wanted to be in Mar Largo with, with a golf club. Yeah. So uh, uh, this is going to be, this is going to get dramatic, uh, more dramatic as it goes on. And, um, (laughs) uh, I mean, this guy, I mean, if you saw him, if you heard the NRA is really adamant about not doing anything whatsoever about gun control. And if any of those Republicans that they're paying off try to do something that – this corporation doesn't want them to do, they're going to cut the money off. They're going to cut the money off.
2: And then there were two of the 11 people featured in those images of Team Trump. Only the president and vice president are still standing. And the last departure, Rob Porter raises pointed questions about why the White House would hire and then defend a man accused of domestic violence. Joe, we'll get to all the details behind that disturbing story. But overall, it just seems like the Trump administration, the White House, has a hiring problem. To say The,
1: the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. It is all about making the world a better place. <clears throat> Join me. School teachers are saying the same thing, and administrators. The George administrators, Wilder Jr. Show is now uh, on the air. It is all union, about making the I'm world sure a better place. Join me, okay? Uh, teach, teachers, you. <laughs> teachers unions say adding more guns to schools would make classrooms less safe. I totally agree. The George Wilder Jr. Show totally agree this is crazy you know i mean this is the trump administration this is the nra but um (laughs) it's just not gonna work guns in schools teachers uh what is going to be the okay corral gun fights like the old west in the classrooms give me a break no guns in school folks no teachers armed all right you're on the george wilder junior show go right ahead
3: Hi, this is Bob Lancer, and uh, I believe we are scheduled for a phone conversation.
1: You, you, you are right. We are scheduled for a phone conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, Bob Lancer on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Thanks for joining me, Bob. Uh, give us a little bit of your bio and then tell us what you're all about.
3: Well, um, my uh, the, the, the reason why uh, I was invited to, to be on your show, Uh, was to talk about relationships. But I do have a background in uh, child behavior and child development. And uh, I was, for example, the uh, child discipline expert of the Atlanta Public Schools Cable TV Network. So I'm happy to discuss what's going on uh, right now uh, regarding uh, the danger of uh, schools. So we can go anywhere you want. Yeah, go right ahead, man. Uh, <laughs>
1: so
3: what? what yeah, right. so, yeah, yeah.
1: So, so, yeah. Uh, you can. I mean, we so, were scheduled to talk about relationships, so maybe we should start there. Mm-hmm.
3: We can. We absolutely you can. You know, relationships. Okay. Yeah, relationships. Uh, the relationships that the children are that children are exposed to have a profound effect upon their behavior and their development. And yeah, uh, what we're seeing right now, Yeah, what what we're seeing right now is kids. Really freaking out because they're getting the sense that there there aren't any adults in charge. That they have to step up and start running things um, in their adolescent years because this is when this is the stage of development where kids start to realize that the adults are pretty clueless, corrupt, um, and shallow and hypocritical. And uh, they're starting to recognize that th- there's just no, no adult captain at the helm of the ship. And they now are actually moving forward to take matters in their own hands.
1: Which is, which, uh, sad that I mean, to I, I, to think,
3: that, but,
1: yeah. I, I think some of these kids today are just as bright, intelligent, smart, uh, more so than some of these people now. And I always try to tell people, that these kids, they should not be belittled, talked about, debased, you know, discredited because mm-hmm. they want to make a change and because they want to make a change in something that they think is, is, is crucial. And but what you, just descri- hearing- what you
3: just described, George, you just described yeah. the basic climate of how adults relate to everybody, not just children, debasing, mm-hmm. derogatory, holier than thou, putting people down. It's a really ugly social climate that we're modeling for children. Yeah. And so children are, uh, children are getting it, but so is everybody else who disagrees with anybody else. This is the basic moral stance that people are, are taking toward one another. It's toxic. Um, it's divisive. It, is. Uh, and it leads to violence. And yeah. um, it's basically just tearing down the whole fabric of society. And we see it we see History. it in, 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 in the Trump we see it in the Trump tweets. And and we see it if you just talk to a neighbor and you listen to how that neighbor talks about another neighbor that they don't like, it sounds exactly the same.
1: And so and then yeah, they I, talk about I, kids the same way. Yeah, I I, I tell people all the I tell people all the time, you never know what's what's gonna happen when you step outside your door. Somebody may just attack you just because you're the wrong color or you said the wrong thing. It's just a hate-filled environment now. It's just, a, I mean, you know. That's right. Walking down the that's, street from right. the corner and store. Go right ahead.
3: That's right. That's right. And kids have been dealing with, you know, all this cyberbullying and bullying. There's a tremendous yeah. amount of hatred. And so, what, you know, where does it stop? It stops with the one individual who decides that I'm going to, I really want to work on myself. I don't want to be negative. I don't want to be hateful. I'm going to stop making it other people's responsibility for me to be negative and hateful. I'm going to start taking responsibility for my own attitude. If I'm resentful and angry and feeling like I'm a victim, I'm not going to blame what's going on outside of me. Those are my own poisonous attitudes that I can actually correct and change. And once we have individuals who start to take responsibility for what they're sending out, instead of making it other people's responsibility for their resentment. Like if I say to someone, the reason I can't forgive you is because of you. The reason I res- I resent you, therefore you have to change. That's the sick adolescent attitude that adults have been demonstrating. And now, you know, in a sense, we're seeing some advancement. You know, back in the 60s, it was the college kids who who uh, led led the way to change. And of course, they were being opposed by the same uh, segments of population that are opposing the changes right now. You know, this out of this you know, old school kind of, uh, kids should shut up and do as they're told America, love it or leave it. Do what the president tells you do as you're told. The biggest mistake that's made with children is raising them to do as they're told. If you look back in history, the most heinous crimes in history were performed by people who said they were just following orders. And when you raise kids to do as they're told, you're not raising them to make good decisions for themselves even when there's no one there to tell them what to do. So they go around their life blaming everybody else for what, for the, for the problems they get involved in. Well, I just did what I was told. I did what I was supposed to do. I did what was expected of me and I got ripped off and it didn't work out. Yeah. Because you're responsible for making decisions for yourself based on self-understanding, based on understanding of how life works, based on paying attention to what's going on, not listening to what you're told. Even if you work for somebody who tells you to do something Ultimately, you're on the front line. You have to make a decision about that. You know, they just came out with this thing in Florida where they found out that the the armed security guard at the school where the shooting took place spent four minutes just standing doing nothing while the shooter was firing off shots. Yeah, I heard that. When it was, yeah, it was his bounden duty to go inside to try to save lives. That's what he signed up for, and he didn't do it. Now, of course, psychologically, his life is ruined. Because of the mistake that he Mm -hmm. made, but he's responsible for the decision he made. He's responsible. Every child is responsible for the decision they make, and they're going to be responsible all life long. So don't try to raise kids to do as they're told. Raise kids to think for themselves, even though they're going to be persecuted and unpopular, right? Because when you do the right thing, you find that you stand alone.
1: Yeah, and I always tell kids that if they're doing the right thing. I'm with you. I'm in your corner, you know, I mean, you know, and uh, take uh, the bruises, take, take your licks, but understand that the credible adults, the smart, smart adults, the most intelligent adults are in your corner, you know, because I, I do think yeah. a lot of these kids, they do need support. You know, they, they, it, they it, it energizes support. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: They, they do need support. They need understanding. But the kind of support they need is from adults who are willing to be ostracized and stand alone. You know, mm-hmm. if, if if you just take a look at, at the way that the president puts people down who disagree with them, oh. just the way that he condemns them. Or if you listen to this guy, yeah. the head of the NRA mm-hmm. today was making a big speech and saying how the people at CNN don't care about children. I mean, once you start oh, yeah. demonizing people like that, you know, that's Hitlerian tactics. All that's going to do is sow seeds of hatred and violence, and it models yeah. really sick relationships. We talk about relationship That is sick. You have someone in a yeah. marriage who behaves like that. That marriage is toxic, abusive, and it is basically over. Even if the two people stay together, they're in a dead relationship.
1: Yeah, that, that was totally wrong. I, I, I don't know – and I, I keep telling myself, who's running the country? The NRA <laughs> is running, no, the no, running the country or trying to run the country.
3: I'll tell you who's running the country right now, high schoolers. And that's pretty scary. Yeah, but that's I agree with that. Because, you know, one of the things that we're complaining about at the, at the, at the town hall meeting last night with the kids were standing up and saying, why do we have to do this? Why does it come down to us having to run the show? And the, and the answer is because that's how democracy works. You take it into your own hands and you demonstrate. Voting is only one part of democracy. Voting is only one part of our Constitution. We have the right, the legal right, to congregate and to express our views, even when they're contrary to the administration's views. And so this is actually what it takes. It takes people going into the streets... You can't count on your congressman. They, you can't count on anybody. You have to congregate, organize, go into the streets, talk about what you believe in, talk about what has to happen. And when you have enough people talking about doing the right thing, the right thing will get done.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Bob Lancer on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Bob, do you, are you a writer? Do you have a book?
3: Yes, I have many books out. Um, I have a couple of my bestsellers. One is Parenting with Love. Talk about I your latest stress. one. Yeah. Uh, the latest one is called Lighten Up, Harness the Power of Happiness to yeah. Create the Life You Want. And it's mm-hmm. all about how happiness is an inside job and that it is not based on what happens to us, but that when we perform and function from happiness, we create better results. And so it talks about oh. how the only thing that really causes our unhappiness is how we emotionally react to what happens and how we think about what happens. What happens Do doesn't you think, make us unhappy.
1: Yeah. Do you think there's a lot of relationships today in the world and in America in America, that are in trouble? In some cases, they can be uh, rectified in some cases.
3: Well, you know, I, everything can be rectified. There's always hope because human beings have infinite mm-hmm. potential. And the, the, the human mind is capable of complete change and growth at any time. Uh, but yes, are relationships in trouble? Yeah, relationships are in dire need of help because we're living in an unenlightened society where people are brainwashed to believe that they are not responsible for what happens to them, that it's not their fault, that they don't have the power and this brainwashing is what undermines relationships. What is what is the foundation of a healthy relationship? When you recognize that all the, 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 the issues that you have, the pain, the needs, the unhappiness, the neediness, you can't go to another person to fix those. You have to fix those within yourself. Those are your own internal weaknesses that call upon you to improve your relationship with yourself. As you heal from those and become a whole person, now you're capable of having a respectful relationship with another human being not based on using that person to make you feel better but where it's actually based on love and mutual support and, and mutual respect and so there's a tremendous amount of ignorance and it's even fostered by a lot of what's going on in psychotherapy and in the psychological field because these people don't know they don't they don't recognize that each individual has within himself and herself all the power mm-hmm. necessary to create the life you want. And it's only as you learn how to fully access that power that you live the life you want. When you try to make other people do what you need in order to live the life you want, you feel like a helpless, powerless victim, and your relationships enter conflict.
1: how are everything. people... Parents
3: blame children. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Go ahead yeah. I'm
1: sorry. I was going to say, how are people reacting to your book?
3: They react positively because it makes sense. Just like okay. as you hear what I'm saying. It makes perfect sense. It's all about self-empowerment. It's all about the individual. What's yeah. great about America, the foundation of American democracy, all based on respect for the individual. You don't have to conform. This is not communism. You don't have to conform. You don't have to dress like everybody else. You don't have to think like everybody else, speak like everybody else. And And individuality, individuals are the ones who lead culture to higher ground. So it's respect for the individual. That's what's missing right now in our culture. What's the only thing I respect if I'm the average person is someone who's just like me. If you have opposing views to me, I don't respect you for having opposing views. I look down on you. I say you're a menace or evil or wrong or bad, and I lie, (laughs) just like this guy, this head of the NRA, lies. He says that 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 when he says that the, the Democrats don't care about children. And and it is an emotionally charged hate statement that should be a hate crime because it's pure Hitlerian propaganda. And it's based on demonizing people. It's it's divisive. It is all about getting people to be against other people instead of how to create a beautiful system of mutual support Exactly. So the, these are the kind of people who are undermining, undermining democracy. But you know what? We just have to be stronger than them. We just have to be smarter than them. We have to be able to see the lie and, and recognize that it's BS and change the channel and focus on doing what is empowering, doing what has integrity. Stop lying. Stop yeah. just arguing yeah. and debating to prove your lies are correct when you know deep down inside you're lying. It's a blanket lie. It's a high order abstraction. It's insane speech. It's totally sick, and that's what's being foisted upon the the, the, the American people through the media because the media has to report what's being said, and so yeah, they're using the media job. just like Hitler used it to spread poison and toxin, to spread hate speech. You know, whether it's white supremacy or whether it's uh, gun owners are the supreme ones or whether it's the religious right or the supreme ones, we're better than you, you're the problem, and uh, you're the menace. There's no you. Each individual creates their own destiny. You know, you're not gonna reap what other people sow, you're gonna reap what you sow, what you send out comes back to you. So that's why we know that this whole corrupt system that's going on in the government today is absolutely unsustainable. It has to crash, and we don't have to lift a finger yeah. to crash it because corruption, yeah, gonna... imbalance, injustice, it yeah. cannot stand. We live in a balanced cosmic order. The Greeks called it the cosmos, order and beauty. The universe is run by balance. And so unbalanced yeah. Yeah. forces, and as the ancient Greeks said, perish in the void. We don't have to worry about this corrupt uh, regime that's going on right now it It cannot be sustained yeah. it it kills itself
1: it cannot it really cannot, and I do think it will not uh be there long it can't it just can't stay the same. It can't, it can't. be the same way all the time it can't it just no, they're uh, sick. Things, you have you have uh, sick people
3: you have sick people with a lot mm-hmm. of power, and what they're doing with their yeah. power is not not exactly the same as what that school shooter did with the power of his gun but they're using their power in a very sick, deranged way. You have sick, deranged people in the White House, in Congress, in the Senate. You have sick, deranged people in the media. You have the same kind of Russian propaganda on Fox News that you have in Russia. It's the exact same thing. They're all working for Russia whether they know it or not. They're all working to destabilize democracy, to push a false agenda, and to hypnotize the ignorance People who are ignorant and who don't think deeply, they are putty in these people's hands. And that's why the whole school system is is so weak because it prepares individuals to be able to be unthoughtful, to be ignorant. People graduate, the people who do graduate high school, they don't read, they're not disciplining their minds. They're watching stupid reality shows and now their stupid reality show has become a stupid uh, aristocracy in their own government. Right. There's yeah. an oligarchy here. And it's and it's the yeah. instrument of a foreign government right now, because the leader of the yeah. free world is, beho- is beholden to them. He can't move. They will blackmail him. They will expose him. He is their puppet and he is their slave. And he has to do their yeah. bidding. And they and they keep him doing their bidding because they keep giving him what he wants. Women, attention and money.
1: Yeah, Bob Lancer on the George Walter Jr. Show. Bob, let's talk about your book. Tell us where we can get your book to, and give us a website in case some people want to know more beautiful. about what you're talking about.
3: Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. You can you can you know you can uh, get my book at Amazon for probably a dollar. Hmm. You know, I'm not here to to make money. Okay. I'm here whenever I have an opportunity to tell the truth. That's what I'm looking for. That's why I'm on the show.
1: Well, if it's, so can, if it's a go dollar, I'm you know. <laughs>
3: hey, that's right. That's right. But you know what? It's a, it's a dollar. And so, you know, you just go to Amazon, write Bob Lancer, yeah. and you'll see uh, several yeah. of my books. You'll see Lighten Up. You'll see Parenting with Love, mm-hmm. Without Anger or Stress. You'll see The Soulmate Process, yeah. which is how to find the love of your life. Just Google me, Bob Lancer and you'll see my websites, and, and I'm happy to chat further with anybody. You can, you'll can, you see all my contact information on my websites. Uh, just contact mm-hmm. me. I go everywhere. I speak everywhere I can um, to share the truth about relationships, about children, and about what's going on in the world and how to create the life you want.
1: I want to thank you for being on the show. I want to thank you for being on the show, and I want to, I mean, you've been insightful. You've been, I mean, you basically telling the truth about these type of relationships. I want to thank you for being on the show. And I also I want to offer you a clip, uh, not a clip, but a, a link to this show. So maybe you can put it on your website. You can have your fans come by, the readers come by, people come by your website and hear you on this show on your website. Would you like a link?
3: I'll do it, George. To the show. I'll do after it, George. It's done. Thank you very much. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Thanks for being on the show, Bob Lancer.
3: Have a great night, George.
1: Bye-bye. Bob Lancer on the George Water Jr. Show. Make sure you go check out his um, books on um, Amazon. Bob Lancer, L-A-N-C-E-R. All right, we're going to take a little break here, folks. We will be right back.
4: us all.
5: What happens when we die? Fear suddenly entered our life.
3: Some people say they've seen the other side.
5: And it opened up like a rip in the fabric of that reality.
4: They are no longer themselves they are no longer in space and time
5: we believe that the end of life is not well researched and more research should be committed to this endeavor
0: trump's favorable ratings are the lowest i believe for any president who has served the length of time that he has served so people look at washington and they don't see much that they feel very good about. And I think there are a couple of reasons for that, which this budget really demonstrates. Number one, there are politicians who run for office and they say one thing. Uh, President Trump, when he was a candidate, ran for office and he said, I'm a different type of Republican. I'm not the Mick Mulvaney type of Republican, I'm different. I'm gonna stand with working families. We're gonna take on the establishment and so forth and so on. Well, it turns out he did exactly the opposite, and this budget is a clear manifestation of him doing exactly the opposite. Uh, And second of all, I think what the American people understand is their one vote, their one voice matters relatively little in a Congress which is dominated by big-money, wealthy campaign contributors. The Koch brothers are going to spend some $400 million in the coming campaign. And you know what? This budget is the budget of the Koch brothers. It is the budget of the billionaire class, and the American people understand it. This is a budget which will make it harder for our children to get a decent education, harder for working families to get the health care they desperately need, harder to protect the air that we breathe and the water we drink, and harder for the elderly to live out their retirement years with dignity and respect. This is not a budget, as candidate Donald Trump talked about, that takes on the political establishment. This is a budget of the political establishment. This is the Robin Hood principle in reverse. It is a budget that takes from the poor and gives to the very wealthy. During the campaign, as we'll all recall, Donald Trump told us that, quote, the rich will not be gaining at all, end quote, under his tax reform plan. Rich will not be gaining at all. But as president, the tax reform legislation Trump signed into law a few weeks ago provides 83% of the benefits to the top 1%, raises taxes on millions of middle-class families, and drives up the deficit by $1.7 trillion by the end of the decade. And if you are wondering how President Trump plans to pay for his massive tax cuts to millionaires, billionaires, and large corporations, this budget answers that question for you by breaking his campaign pledge not to cut Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. In fact, President Trump's budget would slash Medicaid by over $1.3 trillion dollars, cut Medicare by over $500 billion, and reduced Social Security by nearly $25 billion. Mr. Chairman, as you know, Medicaid now pays for more than two-thirds of all nursing home care in our country. What happens to senior citizens who have their nursing home coverage paid for by Medicaid if that program is cut by $1.3 trillion? Think about it. People now in nursing homes with Alzheimer's, serious illnesses, massive cuts. What happens to them? What happens to their families? And it's not just seniors. Today, Medicaid covers millions of children with special needs. We are the only major country on earth not to guarantee health care to all people, and this budget would then throw millions more people off the health insurance they have. We have an opioid epidemic that every person up here talks about every day, but when you slash Medicaid by a trillion dollars, you make it infinitely harder for communities, cities, states to deal with this terrible crisis. During his campaign, Donald Trump told the American people that he was going to provide, and I quote, health insurance from everybody, end quote, with much lower deductibles. But President Trump's budget would throw an estimated 32 million people off the health care they currently have. 32 million people. And at the same time, it would substantially raise premiums for older Americans. Mr. Chairman, what this budget is about is a massive transfer of wealth from working families, the elderly, the children, the sick and the poor, and the most vulnerable people in our country to the top 1% and large corporations. As a candidate, Trump said that he understood the pain that working families across the country were feeling. Well, Mr. President, you are not responding to that pain when you propose a budget that would throw over a million children off after-school programs. You're not a champion of working families. You're not responding to pain when your budget would kick a half a million families out of their homes by gutting affordable housing. We have a massive crisis in affordable housing From coast to coast, this budget would make it much, much worse. You don't help working families, Mr. President or Mr. Mulvaney, by throwing more than 100,000 children off of Head Start. We need to move to universal pre-K. Every family in America should know that their kids have good quality child care. You don't throw 100,000 children off of Head Start. You don't help working families when your budget would eliminate financial aid, to more than a million and a half low-income college students. Kids are graduating school, 30, dollars dollars $100,000 in debt. This budget makes their problems even worse. You're not a, quote, different kind of Republican by proposing a budget that would eliminate heating assistance to nearly 7 million families in this country. Let me tell the president, Mr. Mulvaney, it gets cold in Vermont in many other parts in this country. Many of our elderly people keep warm in the wintertime through the low-income heating assistance program. Don't eliminate it. Mr. Chairman, while President Trump tells us we don't have enough money to help the working people of this country, he does believe that we have enough money to provide a massive, massive, massive increase in the Pentagon, an agency of government that has not been able to do an audit and where study after study shows us that there are hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in waste. So, Mr. Chairman, the good news is this budget is going nowhere. Everybody knows that. But it does indicate where Trump and his friends are coming from, and the American people have got to understand that, and we've got to stand up and say, no, these are not the priorities of of this country. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Senator Sanders. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, you know, uh, budgets deal with trillions of dollars and thousands of pages and words after words after words and numbers after numbers after numbers, but the truth is, as I'm sure Director Mulvaney knows, um, these numbers have real meaning to the lives of ordinary people. Mr. Chairman, I want to put into the record, if I might, an article from PolitiFact. Uh, Dated June 27th, 2017. Without objection. And without going into all of what the article says, it basically confirms that when you throw many millions of people off of the health insurance they have, thousands of them will die. This budget calls once again for the repeal of the Affordable Care Act, the estimate is that some 32 million Americans will lose their health insurance. And what study after study shows is that when you throw 32 million people off of their health insurance, tens of thousands of them will die. Will die. Director Mulvaney, tell me about the morality of a budget which supports tax breaks for billionaires throws 32 million people off the health insurance they have, resulting in the deaths of tens of thousands of fellow Americans. Do you really think this is something that we should be doing in the year 2018? Actually, I don't
5: think it's something that we're actually doing, Senator. Um, Again, I'm not familiar with the article that you've mentioned. My guess is that it references the CBO report uh, regarding various Republican proposals to repeal and replace Obamacare. Uh, I do remember one of the major points of contention regarding the way the CBO scored the proposals was that it would assume that several tens of millions of people would be, to use your terminology, kicked off of health insurance By the repeal of the individual mandate, and when we drilled down into that, Senator, what we found was that the CBO assumed that if we got rid of the individual mandate, that millions of people would voluntarily give up Medicaid expansion. Mr. Mr. Director, I
0: apologize. We just don't have a whole lot of time. This is not the answer to your question. No, and I understand the individual mandate. This goes beyond. You're proposing a cut of over a trillion dollars in Medicaid. And independent analyses. Have indicated we can argue about nobody knows for sure is it 25 million people gonna be thrown off 30 million I don't know to be honest with you you don't know but what we do know is when you throw tens of millions of people off they will die some of them will die studies show that thousands of them will die and I would just suggest that in the United States of America the only major country not to guarantee health care to all people we should not be making a very bad situation worse by throwing tens of millions of people off of health insurance. Let me ask you uh, another question. Uh, Mr. Director, according to Americans for Tax Fairness, the Koch brothers, the third wealthiest family in America, uh, worth $94 billion, and a family dedicated with a few of their billionaire friends to put hundreds of millions of dollars into the coming election, will receive a tax break of up to $1.4 billion a year from the Trump tax plan. Meanwhile, this budget eliminates funding, as I indicated earlier, for the LIHEAP program that keeps almost seven million families warm in the wintertime. And the vast majority of these families have children, or they are senior citizens, or they are people with disabilities. Explain to me the morality of a process by which we give the third wealthiest family in America, a major contributor, I might add, to the Republican Party, over a billion dollars a year in tax breaks, and yet we cut a program which keeps children and the elderly warm in the winter.
5: Here's the morality of the LIHE proposal, um, Senator. Um, 11,000 dead people got that benefit the last time the GEO looked at it. That's not moral. To take your money, to take my money, to take the money from the
0: people... 11,000 people got it who shouldn't have. Correct that. But 7 million people get the program. To say that 11,000 out of 7 million deal with that, I agree with you.
5: All all 50 states now have individual programs designed to prevent the the cutoff of utilities either during the summer in the south or the winter in the north, which is exactly what the LIHEAP program was originally designed to do. When it
0: gets 20 below zero, I come from a state which tries to do its best. Vermont and other states around this country, including Wyoming, don't have the resources to keep people warm when it gets 20 below zero. You have just created a situation, not you, the president takes must take responsibility for this budget. Created a situation where people will go cold, some may freeze to death. And that is not what we should be doing in America. Chloe Kim, a first-generation American who won a gold medal for the United States in the women's half-pipe snowboarding event this week. Her father, Jong Jin Kim, emigrated from South Korea to the United States in 1982, became a dishwasher at a...
6: This is the resistance. He is now almost certainly, almost unavoidably, the soon-to-be future ex-president of the United States. That first draft of the James Comey firing letter, that story that got suitably buried by the hurricane and Dhaka and North Korea, that first draft should be the end. It may take two years to get there, or two hours, but it is the end. The original draft of the Comey letter that Trump and Stephen Miller reportedly wrote, four pages reportedly full of anger over Russia and details of Trump's many meetings with Comey, means that the firing is no longer just likely obstruction of justice, it is likely premeditated obstruction of justice. With a paper trail. And special counsel Robert Mueller has a copy. But wait, there's more. It's actually worse even than that. It's essentially premeditated obstruction of justice in the White House, in the Oval Office, by the President, to stop an investigation of the President's campaign, and his transition team, and his administration, and ultimately himself. And there was apparently a warning to the President by the White House counsel not to do it, because the word reportedly used was, it's problematic. The White House counsel, Mr. McGahn, seems to have warned the President not to send the letter, not to fire the FBI Director, not to do it. And he reportedly also took a copy of the letter and marked it up and gave it back to Stephen Miller with, quote, several sections that he believed needed to be removed. And for all we know, he may as well have used the phrase obstruction of justice. And then the president fired Comey anyway. And all of a sudden there were different reasons for firing him, and all of a sudden there was this Other letter written by the Deputy Attorney General, which seems to have been rushed into existence to cover up the real reason he fired the FBI director anyway. And there's a paper trail. And Robert Mueller has the original letter. And there are witnesses. Because Trump reportedly read or described the letter in the White House, in the Oval Office, on the 8th of May to the White House counsel, Don McGahn, to the vice president, to the senior advisor, Hope Hicks, to Jared Kushner, and to the fired chief of staff, Reince Priebus, and they are all screwed, too. Unless, that is, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and Rupert Murdoch's Wall Street (laughs) Journal are all not merely wrong, but have all fabricated a story, the same story. Trump is guilty of obstruction of justice, and in writing that letter, Trump has, in essence, already confessed to it He is now almost certainly, almost unavoidably, the soon-to-be future ex-president of the United States.
1: He's still here so far.
6: The main problem for Trump is that all these people who reportedly saw or heard about that letter that day, the vice president and the White House counsel included among them, could now be subject to being questioned in front of the grand jury. If White House counsel McGahn is asked, did you tell the president he had to change that letter because firing Comey for those reasons would be a crime? And McCann says, yes, then Trump is in desperate trouble. As the long-term former federal prosecutor Renato Mariotta put it on Twitter, if Trump did it anyway, that would be slam-dunk evidence of a corrupt intent. And McGahn can't refuse to testify, and Trump cannot keep him from testifying by claiming executive privilege or attorney-client privilege, because nearly 20 years ago, another special counsel got a court to rule that government attorneys can't avoid grand jury questions about government officials having potentially committed criminal acts. The special counsel who got that established was Ken Starr, and the loser in that case was Bill Clinton. As the former prosecutor Mariachi also noted, if the White House counsel says, I didn't tell him it was illegal, I didn't think it was illegal, I just didn't like the tone of the letter, Trump could actually be in the clear here unless unless any of the other people in the room contradict him when they testify to the grand jury without knowing how anybody else in the room testified themselves to the grand jury or unless they produce that marked-up copy of the letter McGahn gave back to Stephen Miller, telling him he had to take out these paragraphs and those paragraphs, and those paragraphs aren't about tone, but they're about Russia. In the worst-case scenario, the president and his senior advisor, Miller, started a plan to illegally dismiss the FBI director, and they left a paper trail. Then the White House counsel learned of this plan, tried to stop it, left his own paper trail, and may have to wind up testifying against the president because then somebody decided to start another conspiracy with the deputy attorney general to come up with an excuse letter with which to dismiss the FBI director anyway. So the acting deputy attorney general is in it too, and just for good measure, they ran it past Hope Hicks, Stephen Miller, Jared Kushner, Rance Priebus, everybody else they could find, and all of them got conspiracy stains all over them. And of course, they also did that to the vice president. As a right-wing commentator for the Washington Post, Jennifer Rubin noted, attention will soon focus on the vice president. What did he hear? Did he know the proffered reason for the termination was phony? And if so, did he knowingly mislead Congress and the American people when he advanced the cover story? Mr. Pence, who seems to have skated away just before the ice cracked under General Mike Flynn, could for the first time be in a world of hurt of his own here. He could easily be a grand jury witness testifying against the president's White House counsel or the president's son-in-law or the president. It is entirely plausible that Pence's only way out of this mess that Trump created with the first draft of the Comey letter could easily become turning on Trump. And that's if he had no idea that the White House counsel was furiously trying to stuff the toothpaste back into Trump's tube. And, oh, by the way, Another little detail that kind of got lost in the more obvious, more hateful stories about Trump and the hurricane, and Trump and North Korea, and Trump and DACA, is that Trump's security guy of nearly two decades, his permanent body man, his advisor, his gatekeeper, an ex-New York cop named Keith Schiller, up and quit over the weekend, supposedly because he missed the money and his old lifestyle. An old lifestyle which has involved Trump and more money and his old lifestyle which has involved Trump and more money and Trump and more money every day since 1999. So I don't know how leaving Trump gets him back to his old Trump lifestyle. But you know who delivered the letter to Comey's office when Trump fired him, right? The same guy, Keith Schiller. But it's just a coincidence. Like it was a coincidence that just before all this broke, Trump's lawyers went to Mueller's office and slimed Comey as an unreliable witness and explained why Trump wasn't guilty of obstruction of justice. Like it was a coincidence that out of the blue last Friday, Trump suddenly slimed Comey and talked about a rigged system on Twitter after months.
1: The show has now arrived. Okay, Here is another crazy idea of Trumps. Trump proposes to pay bonuses for armed teachers, and therefore he's giving uh, incentives for teachers to carry guns inside of the classroom. Wow, this guy just doesn't quit. Majority of the people, uh, <clears throat> officials, and and. and Educators themselves, they say arming teachers will make everything worse, but you can't seem to get that through Donald Trump's thick head. He wants to pay them to carry guns now inside of the classroom. This guy, I don't know who, what he's drinking, how high he is, but... uh, this guy is unfit to be president he's unfit to be a person i mean this is crazy he's bought and paid for he's trying to uh appease himself with the nra because they are saying that the democrats are the blame for the shooting at this parkland high school in florida which is total totally nonsense But he wants to, uh, this guy, uh, I'm looking at it, it says Trump proposes to pay bonuses for armed teachers. I don't think that's gonna get him any votes, folks. I really don't think so. Uh, You you don't want the schools to end up being uh, shootouts inside of the schools with the teachers, the students, and the bad guys. This is nutty, this is crazy, this is buffoonish. And it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because Trump is not going to be around that long. Whether he gets impeached for uh, collusion and gets impeached for obstruction of justice, gets impeached for um, improper sexual behavior, something's going to bring this man down. Or just lying to the FBI. Something's got to bring him down. Uh, he's, he, he, it seems as though he's been able to squirt sk- 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 his way out of this. You know, but I don't think so. I think Mueller is just trying to dot all the I's, cross all the T's before he brings an indictment uh, on Donald Trump. Now, I've heard, I don't know if this is true, but I'm hoping it's true that Mueller, Bob Mueller, special counsel, Bob Mueller, Bob Mueller were bringing charges of indictments uh, tr- Trump's way sometime during the spring. So we just have to hope for that. But but Bob Mueller is being careful. He He's being careful. He's being thorough. He has his evidence in front of him. He has everything he needs. I don't think he really needs for Donald Trump to sit down and talk to him, even though Trump said he would. But it hasn't happened yet. So, you know, how Trump changed. Maybe some maybe his lawyers grabbed him <laughs> to the side and say, Trump, do not sit down and talk to special prosecutor Robert Mueller, because you just might lie, and then your ass is going to jail for perjury, lying to the FBI. So, you know, I mean, I don't think he's gonna be around long enough. It, I mean, he's just proposing these things, folks. Proposing and getting it done is two different things. All right, all right. Oprah Winfrey is reacting to Trump's tweet calling her very insecure what nerve, (laughs) what nerve of Trump to call somebody insecure. Okay, I don't like giving negative power. That's what uh, Oprah is saying, and um, she obviously, it took an appearance on Ellen's, on the Ellen Show for Oprah to finally respond to uh, Donald Trump's recent tweets bashing her as very insecure, while it seems, uh, while it seems like ages ago, Trump lashed out at the at the uh, A Wrinkle in Time star. Okay, she's an actress, all right. Um, color Purple comes to mind, Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. Uh, Sunday night following a discussion, she moderated for a 60 minutes segment without, with uh, Michigan voters. Okay, all right. Donald Trump bashes everybody on, on Twitter. What He calls, I mean, I, you know, if you are Facebook, poster, he, he has bashed you, you know. And Donald Trump is one of the most arrogant, ignorant, unfit guys to be in office. I mean, I, I call "dot mafia Donald Trump because <laughs> he's like uh, the godfather, you know. And to me, they just have soiled the White House. They've just wrecked the White House, not only the country, but the White House. Donald Trump and his goons and goons of thugs and criminals around the white house they have really trashed it you know and now he's trashing oprah and if oprah ran against him in 2020 i don't think he's going to be around that long actually but if he is lucky enough to be around in 2020 and oprah decides she wants to run she will beat his ass there's no doubt about it i mean I think anybody, I think any Democrat or independent who decides to run against Donald Trump would beat his ass. Be his, he's just so full of himself. And I'm, I, I'm harping back to Donald Trump wanting to give teachers bonuses to carry guns in school. This man never quits. Donald Trump is mentally ill. There is no doubt about it. This guy is mentally off his rocker. And and he is taking America down the toilet, and I've said that before. He is off his rocker. He's taking America down the toilet, but all the things that he's done to America can be reversed. So do not feel depressed or helpless because we can get this guy out and we can reverse a lot of the things that he's done, uh, especially uh, allowing uh, mentally ill people to buy guns. We can reverse that. We can do something about gun control because as long as Donald Trump is in the White House and the NRA is in control, nothing whatsoever is going to be done about guns. And the majority of us in this country feel that there should be. But, you know, as long as Donald Trump and the Republicans in Congress like having their pockets lined with cold, hard cash, nothing is going to get done. They're going to come out and say all the things that we want them to say. They're going to say all the things that we want them to say so we can give them applause. But the minute the camera's off, they become someone else. As soon as that camera's off.
4: Heaven help the roses if the bombs begin to fall. Never, never saw. Heaven help the black man if he struggles one more day. Heaven help the white man if he turns back away. Heaven help the man who kiss the man who's a i